Hey, this is Reza. This is Sandy. Welcome to the Stone Cold Sober Podcast. Thanks for stopping by. Hello, and welcome to the 407th episode of the Stone Cold Sober Podcast. Sorry you missed last week. Yeah. How was, uh, so where are you now? Where are you, where are we having this conversation now? I am back home in Illinois. And boy, does it feel good to be home. Yeah, it feels good to be home. Feels good to be in your own space. Feels good to just like, especially after such a long day of travel. So like, let let me, let me just quickly recap this last day of travel, maybe with, uh, whatever time I could talk a little bit about what we did, but honestly, most of it was just spent hanging out with family. The, the events were rather uneventful to speak about i guess but anyway today we woke up so gordon actually woke up before me uh he woke up with 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 lena i don't know exactly what time that was but i know that i heard gordon downstairs making all sorts of noise and that was probably like at 6 30 a.m uh local time so that's in england which would be um what 1 a.m eastern <laughs> 1 30 a.m eastern and um Normally, I'm a little bit slower to wake up, but it just sounded like he was being a little bit uh, much. So I uh, kind of found my way out of bed a little bit quicker than usual. Um, I decided to take a shower since we were going to be uh, traveling, since we were going to be on the plane. I did shower like the night before, but just needed something to, like wake me up. So did that. We had already packed up like the day before. So what, everything that we were doing at this point is fairly minor. Um, and the, the, the flight out of London was at uh was it 2 30 i think it was 2 30 p.m right um however we were in birmingham lana's dad lives outside of birmingham in the suburb there so it's about a two-hour drive to the london heathrow airport from birmingham and her dad was driving us so in order to make it there on time we had to leave at about 9 a.m so we were able to do that um you know woke up at 6 30 left the house at about 9 a.m um the drive itself was fairly uneventful. However, I will note that Gordon was quite tired. He Even before we left the house, he was acting a fool. And I was like, all right, this dude, he clearly didn't sleep enough the night before. He was probably too excited about the airplane and just getting back home on time. Honestly, we don't even tell him when we were traveling most of the time. Like when we came, <laughs> like when we left for England, he had no idea until we picked him up from daycare and like we pull up to the airport. He knew that something was going on. Uh, he was like, wait, why... Why, why are we in like this different car? Like what's going on? What's going on? We never told him until we got to the airport. Like, all right, this is what we're doing. Um, <laughs> and so, and, and the, the reason is, um, I think I may, I may have mentioned this last week, but, or two weeks ago, but the reason that we do it is just because he like tells everybody. Yeah. And so, I like, that. Yeah. Like he tells all his teachers, he tells all his friends. Like there was one time, there was one time where we were going to go visit uh, grandma and like I was giving him a countdown and um, he was telling all the teachers, like, oh, we're going to go see grandma. We're going to go see grandma. Like, you know, this is last year. And, he's, and uh, the, the teachers are like, oh, you're going to be going to Florida? I was like, oh, yeah, like in like three weeks. They're like, oh, the way Gordon said it, it sounded like it was today or something. I was like, oh, no, no. Uh, so, yeah, we just don't want him telling everybody like that, like everyone being in our business. So, um, yeah, so he was probably really excited. He woke up super early. Uh, I will note that he was waking up really early. Um in the middle of the night for the last like two or three days he hadn't done it the whole trip and then all of a sudden he's waking up at like two in the morning three in the morning four in the morning um the first day he did it was during game one of the philly boston series which i get that okay. i guess at this point is about a week ago it's it's roughly yeah. a week ago at this point right and he didn't do it every single night since then but that was the first time that he did it. And I, I was laying in his bed <laughs> because I woke up. I woke up and I had to pee, right? And I woke up and I, and I checked my phone. And I see there's five minutes left in the game. And it, and Philly was up by like two, I think. And so I go to the bathroom. I come back. It's like three minutes left in the game. So I turn the game on. I like bust out the VPN. Literally paid for the VPN at that moment. <laughs> pull up the stream. Jeez. And uh, yeah, yeah. I pull up the stream. I I, uh, I I watched the last like three minutes, and then at this point Philly's up. I think like two points or so, like three points or whatever. There's like eight seconds, I think, 
and and uh, Gordon walks into the room. And I think like the timeout has had just been called. So I'm literally laying in his bed with him trying to get him to settle down as I'm sitting there all excitedly watching this game that pretty much everyone had counted Philly out of because they uh, expected them to lose since B wasn't playing that game. And they ended up pulling that one out. But anyway, that was like the first night he woke up early. Um, and then like the rest of this week or or late this week, he'd, he'd been waking up again early in the middle of the night. Um, ultimately like slept on the floor of our room since we were just like on like a, I think it's a full size bed. It might be a queen, but I'm pretty sure it's just a full. And, uh, and there's just not enough room for the three of us. So, um, he literally slept on the floor. He brought his pillow in <laughs> into the bedroom and, uh, and a blanket. He just slept on the floor for part of the night apparently. Um, wow. so anyway, we, we, we're driving, we, we stop at a rest stop for like, you know, bathroom break and everything, get some coffee. And then, we continued the drive. This was literally halfway um, to London from Birmingham. And about 15 minutes before we get there, right? Like Gordon's like talking, he's singing to himself, he's making noises, he's sitting there, he's complaining. And then like he finally settles down 15 minutes before we get there. And dude, I kid you not, he does this all the time. It doesn't matter how long of a car trip it is. He seems to know instinctually when we were about 15 minutes away from the destination, like, oh, let me fall asleep now so I get the least amount of sleep possible and cause as much mayhem when I wake up. <laughs> it's so we get to the airport, um, park, get some uh get some of those like little push carts, uh, get Gordon out. He of course wakes up and uh uh Elena's dad, I guess needless to say at this point, and then he he was helping us, right? He's helping us uh push the stuff through the through the airport and just like saying bye at the at security. So we do that, um end up getting on the plane now this plane ride it's uh to to chicago is about an eight hour uh plane ride and so like i said it's a 2 30 p.m uh flight uh gordon's normal uh, nap time is at about noon maybe 1 p.m he's already missed that he you know if you unless you want to count that 15 minute or 15 minute nap that he got in the car uh a nap which i don't because it's supposed to be about two hours um, he, he is, he has not napped yet. So we, uh, we get on the plane and he just like, he's ready for some TV. He kept, he kept asking about TV and like we we restrict TV a fair bit for him. So he's like, you know, now, now it's, it's, he's on the plane. He's got his own TV screen and everything. He's, he's in, um, oh, yeah. my, my Sony, uh, MX4s, they don't belong to me on an airplane, Sandy. Th- those aren't mine. I have to use th- the busted ass uh, earbuds that American Airlines passes out, because Gordon he gets to wear my my uh my headphones my my, my what like three hundred dollar headphones he gets to wear those. Um, Does he freak out if uh he is like if you have you I'm assuming you've tried to get him to wear the busted headphones and he freaks out. He can't wear those. They don't they don't fit into his ear. They're too big. Um, ah. Yeah, that's that's the primary issue with him. We actually got him headphones, um, but we didn't bring them. Like we, he he had headphones for I don't know how many flights ago it's been at this point. Maybe like two years ago at this point, and um, he didn't really like them. I'm sure we can if we find them, we could. Uh, he he would wear them. I don't think he really cares what what it is that he has over his head. But realistically, it's I can't really block out sound like that when he's sitting there because he very often has like wants and desires so it's not the i i just don't really like to block out all sound so when i'm when i'm sitting there next to him i only have one earbud in anyway okay um so yeah he's just like kind of scrolling and picking random stuff he he um he's seen wally at this point several times uh so he initially like he sees wally he clicks on it immediately but he just like starts scrubbing through it and uh (laughs) within five minutes he had finished the whole movie he was on the end credits. Wow. <laughs> so um, he busts out a couple of other movies. I honestly can't remember exactly what it was that he was watching. And some of them he watches, some of them he doesn't. He gets scared at certain points of movies. Sometimes he just gets bored. His reactions are more or less all the same. It's just like this little scream yelp thing that he does. And he's complaining that either something's too scary or he doesn't like this and he wants something else. And so we do that little cycle for a little bit before the meal service comes around. Um, we all eat food, you know, foods, foods, food. Um, and um, at this point, he's really tired. Like I've taken him to the bathroom a couple of times. He like he's when Gordon's tired, it's the, the best way that I can describe. Like if you've ever heard of a kid being like milk drunk, 
uh, I think that's what they call it, at least. Like, a, like yeah, what infant. is that? It, I guess it's just like when a kid just gets, like, just drinks a lot of milk. Just like, just like super satiated. I, I, you know, I, I can't speculate on that one. I'll just tell you what Gordon's like when he's, when he is so out of, like, when he's lacking sleep so, uh, so much. He slurs his words a lot and he can't formulate proper sentences or words that he you know that he knows how to say um he becomes really whiny he's very unreasonable um he he's he's super fidgety it's almost like he's it's almost like his body is trying to force himself to stay awake and so he starts fidgeting he starts kicking his legs when he's standing up he starts like standing on one leg and crosses the legs and he starts going back and forth he doesn't listen very well or he really just like to likes to ignore you uh just do whatever he wants to do and um yeah so like he's just doing all that stuff and so it's like okay gordon like you're you're tired like let's let's rest and he starts throwing a fit because he hates sleep so he's like no i don't want to sleep and uh you know he's not like crazy lad it's not he's not like screaming um but at the same time, it's like, all right, well, we could either shut the TV off and have him flip out because he would flip out if we shut the TV off, um, or I'm just like sit there and learn that like, the hard way. Oh yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. And he doesn't, or, he doesn't care where he is, right? No, like no matter how many times you try to prepare the kid for it, it just, it just doesn't matter, right? Like. We'll do like, oh, we're going to set a timer, right? Because he likes to do a timer. He's like, oh, five more minutes, five more minutes, right? Like, I, I need, you need to set a timer before something can be finished. That way, I've, I've gotten the time that you promised me. But his reaction's still the same when the timer goes off. So, you, you know, if you as a parent give the timer, then, you know, you're just really adding five minutes on to – you're just delaying the, 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 the tantrum yeah, by five minutes. Like that's all you're really doing because the timer goes off and he looks at you and then he's just like, no, I don't want to. It might be a little bit more reserved, the, the tantrum. But um, like I said, the 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 the, the end result is, is is still fairly similar. Um, yeah. Anyway, we um, he finally does take a quick he does take a nap. It's probably like two hours um, and then. He wakes up and he's kind of just chilling for a bit. Then he starts watching TV again, but like he's still very obviously tired. And I should note that when he took his nap, it was probably like 5 p.m. in England. So it still would have been like 11 a.m. here in in Illinois Central Time. So it was still fairly, you know, like as, as we want to start to acclimate to the local time here, it was early but it was like a suitable nap time, so to speak, for him then. Um, and so he, you know, he sleeps for like two hours, uh, but again, wakes up. He's pretty much the same Gordon. Uh, he's obviously very tired and with, you know, it's super reasonable because at this point when he finally wakes up, it's like 8 p.m. local time or at least uh, time in England, which is he would have been asleep in England. So uh, it totally makes sense for him to be tired. We have like another four hours or something like that on the flight. So, um, you know, flight more or less is fairly smooth for the rest of the trip um, until about an hour before we get there where there's a little bit of a freak out because um, I'm trying to remember what it was. Like, there were little things here and there, but there was one point where um, he said that he didn't want to watch something anymore. And Lena had told him, I'm not changing the channel for you anymore. So if you don't want to watch it, I'm shutting it off or I'm going to pick it or whatever it was that she said. And so... Um, well bold playing hardball yeah because he does this a lot at home too like he'll um like before when we first started to do this right like you're learning as a new parent you have um like youtube like youtube tv or sorry youtube kids or just in general youtube videos and like some of them are fine for the kids but as you start to see like the recommended videos that's what the kids want to watch. Like, oh, I want to watch that or I want to watch that one. And you don't want that kid to watch the recommended video. And so you just say, no, let's do something else. Mm-hmm. To which the kid says, no, 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 I want that one. You're like, well, I don't think you're going to like that one. You don't know what that is. You're just saying that because of the thumbnail. And then the kid says, no, I want that. And you say, okay, fine. You know what? You're going to watch the whole video, right? You're going to watch all 20 minutes of this garbage, and I'm not going to change it. 
because that's what you've done for the last 15 videos here. You watch six seconds of it, then you say you want something else. I'm not doing this. That's not, that's not my job right now. She was like, okay, yeah, I'm just going to pick it for you. And uh, he flipped out at what she picked. So she's like, you're right, you know what? Let's turn it off. And then he flipped out even more. And like this scream that he let out, <laughs> the, the flight attendant comes running forward like, oh my gosh, is he okay? Like, is it the air pressure? I'm like, no, 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 it's just a tantrum. Don't worry about it. And she's like, oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> and so she goes back and later on we get off the plane. She's like, oh, he was so well behaved and everything. And we're like, yeah, you know, minus that one like major freak out where she thought he was, you know, in major pain or something like that. Uh, and it turned out he was just upset about the TV. But um, yeah, so we landed and it was, what, 4.30 p.m. Central Time. And I land, like, as we're flying, right, I know the uh, the Philly-Boston game is happening. Now, I think I was mistaken on the start time of the game. I thought it started at 2.30, but I think it must have started, like, Eastern. But I think it must have started at, like, 3 or 3.30. Yeah, it was a 3.30 I don't, I don't game, you know. I think. Okay, it was 3.30. Okay, see, that was my mistake because I thought when I landed, <clears throat> all I had to do was bear the final result and either I was going to be happy or I was going to be sad. <laughs> if Because uh, for, for the non-basketball fans, people, people who aren't following this series, the series, the Sixers had stolen game one. So they'd stolen home court advantage against the Celtics. It's a best of, best of seven series, so first of four wins. And um, <clears throat> Boston had a re- the better regular season record. So they had the advantage of playing four games at home, whereas Philly had to play three. But because they won that first game, they now had more home games than Boston did. Uh, uh, at least more to more games. Bef- um, they only had to win three games uh, remaining. If they win their three home games, they would win the series. Um, but then they went ahead and lost the next two games. So they were down two to one. And if they lost today, it more or less would have been over for them, especially with how they've been playing lately. They would have been down 3-1. Boston would have only needed to win one of the next three. It's not impossible to come back from, but it's unlikely. So we land, and I checked the score, and the plane was not trying to let me have service. Or I should say, maybe not the plane, but maybe just the switch from the international back to the domestic. Because Uh, even though I had bars, I couldn't get ESPN to load. So I finally get it to load, and it's, I see that it's still in the third quarter. I was like, oh, like there's still time left in the third? Like I have a whole quarter left? Damn it. And so because now I'm going to be like walking to the airport, trying to keep up with the score. All I'm hoping for is that Philly's going to blow out, blow them out and win, and I don't have to like feel panicked or stressed or anything about it. Obviously, that's not the case because I wouldn't be telling you this story. Um, so I see the score, and I think Philly was up 90 to 78. There was like a minute to play, maybe maybe even more to play in the third quarter. Next time I was able to get a pinged update, because it took a long time, I couldn't refresh the page. The next time I saw an update, there was nine minutes to play in the fourth quarter. So it's probably five-ish minutes or so of game time. Again, before then, it was 90 to 78. Now it was like 86 to 92. And I'm like, how has Philly only scored two points? In the last like five or six minutes of game time. And then I was also like, how is it that Boston has only scored like eight points? Like why what's going on right now? It's it's not that many points. Um, but like it's still ridiculous that Philly's only scored like two points in that time frame. They're still up by like four or six points, and then <clears throat> I think they had like somebody hit a three, they went up like seven points, and then the next time I get an update, it's tied. <laughs> I was like, what the hell's going on? Um we're going through like uh, baggage claim. I got the the Wi-Fi. I got completely disconnected from the Wi-Fi. Then I got a text message from you. I see that Boston took the lead by five, and I also seen that Embiid had been blocked by Horford like two times in a row. And I was like, "Oh, this is classic Embiid or Philly in the uh, in the playoffs where Embiid tries to do too much. <clears throat> he tries to force something that he shouldn't, or he tries to like." He tries to show someone up who's just shown him up recently, and he ends up making a bad turnover. Like, it's it's classic Embiid in the playoffs. And uh, then the next thing I know, the game's tied, so it's going to overtime. And, uh, and then after that, I see that they're down two. There's, like, 20 seconds to play. I'm like, oh, it's over. They're going to lose. 
And then I get another ping, and it's like, oh, Philly wins by one point. It's like, wait, what? Really? So I was very excited about that, very happy about that, because Philly's hopes are alive. I still have to watch the game, but from what I could tell, it seems like they played really well through the first three quarters. And then, like, what I, what I had seen from Embiid in the fourth quarter, like, what little clips I was able to see and uh, like the, from the play-by-play, it just seemed like he played horribly in the fourth and, and in, the, uh, in the overtime. Like, is that, is that accurate? <laughs> I think so. I didn't watch until maybe the final, like, two minutes. Okay. And so when I saw that, uh, I mean, I saw the, the final few seconds, and I saw uh, Harden's corner three. And then I also saw that a complete breakdown on defense on the final end of regulation Celtics possession where Marcus Smart had the clearest look at a, at yeah. a very open three and hit the front of the rim. So you knew he wasn't ready for the moment. Uh, and then I, I, had to, I had to leave because I wasn't able to watch the, uh, the overtime bit. Um, I see. But, I see. Yeah, it felt like you guys. Because I, I remember checking ESPN and being like, comfortably thinking, "Oh, you guys are, you guys, you guys got it. It seems okay." Right. right. Only to be like, uh, sort of reminded of like what was, uh, you know, you being a Sixer fan, you understand how these things sort of can go. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd say one of the things that frustrates frustrates me the most about this team is that. They don't seem to <clears throat> like it's 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 a uh, it's one of their biggest weaknesses and it's one of Boston's bigger strengths. And granted, Boston has various weaknesses that can be somewhat similar, but Philly can come out pretty strong early in a game and play like two decent quarters. I can't tell you how many times we've been down at halftime to then flip it on in the third quarter and go up by like ten after the third quarter, and then like somewhat close it out and win by like two or three or five or six points at the end of the fourth but like they got it it they allowed the other team to get close enough that you got nervous as a fan and like maybe at some point it was like a two-point game or maybe it was tied up before philly like stepped on it again and closed it out but philly's issue especially in the playoffs like consistently has been closing out in the fourth quarter the moment just seems to like get too big for them and you saw this time and time again right this was this was classic philly in the atlanta series where ben simmons you know passed out of that that layup or that dunk that he could have had yeah um that that was that's it wasn't just ben simmons like i'm not going to sit here and say that ben simmons wasn't a major cause for the reason why they lost that series but i will say that everybody on that team seemed scared to do anything and when they did do something, it seemed like they were forcing something up that they didn't feel confident in doing. They just did it because the shot clock told them that they had to. And so um, it just allows other teams to really get back in it. And Boston seems to be like a team that, especially late in a game, when they start to see like, oh, another team that they should absolutely be able to beat is beating them, they decide, oh, let's, let's like kick it into the next gear. Like we've just been kind of cruising throughout this whole game. Let's kick it up a notch. And it feels like that's part of the reason why they're, they, they've they lost a lot of games. Like, it's part of the reason why the Atlanta series got, like, why Atlanta was able to steal two from Boston. Because, and why even Philly was able to win game one. Because they just didn't play with the same level of intensity that they could have played with. Um, so, I'm really, really, really excited that I'm able to be here for the next three games. Because uh, at this point, it's best of three, but Boston has the advantage because they have home court. Yeah, it's uh, now it's starting to get a little bit scary because it seems like you're escaping with wins yeah, uh, yeah. on home court, which is not the way it should go. But also right. just seeing like how uh, James Harden is really hot and cold, and it feels oh, yeah. like... I mean, I've only watch bits of some playoff series right but mm-hmm. seeing him go off with Embiid off the floor and then seeing you guys almost like rush uh rush Embiid back and then to come to sort of see like oh was that the smartest move slash is this like um I just didn't feel like the the best use of 
you know, him getting uh, time off of the injury, uh, feeling like it was hurting game flow because the way Harden plays right. when it's just him leading versus when it's him and Embiid is also seems just very, very different. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely different. Um, and that's part of the reason why you'll hear people say, like, especially when they when the Sixers win without Embiid, they um, <laughs> they people will start you'll start to see comments like yeah this team's better without Embiid or they were like they should have played without Embiid in game two my thinking with with Embiid in game two was that was a game that no matter what like whether Embiid played or not they were likely to lose that game and so I thought it made sense because I don't because Boston gave like Boston should have won game one they should not have lost that game I know that there were facets of the game that were that were allowed to exist like the Phillies shooting for instance was was hot like they were they were just on fire and they were hitting threes left and right and part of the reason for that is because they don't they were they were they were playing small they didn't have like they literally played Paul Reed at center and they played PJ Tucker at center at center they didn't play Montrez Harrell or uh, uh or uh Deadman who are their backup centers like their actual backup centers at center and so <clears throat> It was just like a different style that was gonna that was gonna beat Boston, but it felt like Boston lost that game, and that was a game that I was actually able to watch. Um, that was a game that just felt like they lacked the proper intensity to win that one. I feel like if you play that game ten times, like ten times, I feel like Boston wins that more than Philly would win that game. Um, but whereas, I mean, I understand that, but also at the same time, if every game exists in a vacuum. That and you have yes. a winning formula where you were able to take game one. And you're right, the shooting was hot. But also mm-hmm. with Embiid off the floor, you got to see Harden sort of run the offense more and be way more aggressive. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying to like sit Embiid by any stretch. <laughs> right, uh, right. And I'm but also like not that saying that like game, if, if he wasn't healthy and if that right. is the reason why that game... Because that was a blowout, right? Um, right. But I... I feel like that. So I only watched part of that game. I didn't watch that whole game. Um, I feel like part, the one of the main reasons they lost that game wasn't it because of Embiid. Like Embiid had a lot of critical, like not critical, but he had a lot of like big blocks. He had he had a decent amount of points despite the like, given the fact that he only played like twenty one minutes or something. Um, but no one could hit a shot, and like that was that. So sometimes watching Harden when he does like in game one. And from what I have seen of game four so far, he's hitting these shots that he's still taking when Embiid's on the floor, even if Embiid's sitting. And there are just times where Harden just goes ice cold and he can't hit anything. They're literally the same exact shots and he just misses them. But I also feel like a a major reason why is because sometimes he just doesn't get calls from the refs. Like sometimes the refs just don't want to have anything to do with Harden. Like they see him get hit. Or they see like he might have gotten hit. Maybe he, maybe they're like seventy five percent sure that he got hit. But because his name is James Harden, they're not going to give him the benefit of the doubt, and they just swallow their whistle and they don't call anything. And I feel like there are times that when he gets really frustrated and aggravated with the way that he's being called, that he starts to just kind of become disengaged and disinterested, and uh, and then it results in just like f- further worse shooting. Or he starts trying to like sell the foul even harder, and they yeah, still yeah, you see it. that a lot. So like, yeah, that happened a lot in Brooklyn. Like, he was not good in the Brooklyn series up until Game Four. Or was he even good in Game Four? I can't even remember. Was he, I think he was decent in Game Four. Now, obviously, no Game One of the Boston series, he had forty five points. But um, yeah, I he should be able to play well with Embiid. They they both should be able to play very well together. What really confuses me is Philly just like. Embiid makes some really good passes to his teammates, and they miss a lot of open shots. I'm looking at the yeah. box score right now. Um, Philly shot so the, the the box score in terms of percentages were quite similar for both teams. Boston shot 47 percent. Philly shot 46 percent from the field. Boston was 38 percent from three. Philly was 38 um, percent free throw percentage, 72 and 86 percent. They both shot the same number of free throws. Philly just hit three more of them. That was obviously the game. Um, or at least, you know, one of those was actually the game. Um, but, like, I don't know. Like, I'm seeing, I'm seeing like, Embiid, like, make a great pass to a wide-open P.J. Tucker who just clanks 
Uh, Maxi hasn't been able to do much. He's been fairly ineffective. He keeps trying to do these like he keeps trying to attack, and it's really frustrating seeing him because his his like greatest weapon is his speed, um, and he'll get a lot of easy points on fast breaks because he's just faster than everybody. But there are times in other series or against other teams where it can be like a one v one fast break, and the per and the one on def defense isn't completely set, and Max is able to finish around them. But Boston's defenders, I keep hearing our podcast, everyone just 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 describes them as long. Um, but they just like they're these bigger dudes. They're like six foot six. Maxie's like six two. Um, you know, I don't know what these guys' wingspans are, but they're just a, much better at getting a hand in there and able to, and getting able to disrupt his shot, whether it's with a block or just like throwing him off with the way he's shooting it that he misses. And so I see Maxie getting blocked left and right this series, and it's really frustrating to watch. So yeah, Maxie has not been anywhere near as effective as he has been in years past, and it's really starting to like he's a he's a pretty big offensive liability. Yeah, yeah, it's it's specifically against Boston. Like he's great against most other teams, but Boston really gives him a lot of trouble. It was it's it's been the case like all four almost every game that we've played against him this series. It was a bit tough because I was looking into this before the series started, but Maxi he came off the bench in two games because he broken his foot at some point during the season, and during two of the games that we played Boston, he was coming off the bench and he was terrible off the bench. In terms of efficiency, I think in terms of his, I think it really affected his confidence. And um, when when he started when he started starting again, he started to pick it up. And I think in his last game, he was actually pretty decent against Boston during the regular season. Um, I think it may have been actually the first game one one of the one of the games. It was either the first game that he played against Boston or the last game we played against Boston where he was pretty decent. But you're right. Like overall, he's just not that great against Boston. They just really shut him down. And it would be better maybe if he used his speed to like penetrate and kick it out. But like the shooters on Philly just haven't been hitting their threes the way that they should be. You'll keep hearing it on the broadcast. People will say, oh, Philly's the best three-point shooting percentage team in the NBA, or they were during the regular season. But I don't know if their volume of threes would like would match with a team like the Golden State Warriors or um, I don't know what other teams what other, what other teams are shooting a crazy amount of threes each game. I guess the Suns maybe. And so their efficiency may have been pretty high, but they're like in terms of volume they're not. And so if if Embiid or Harden or others are getting people wide open threes, or wide open looks at threes, they're only going to hit like three of them per game. So you're not going to get like Tobias Harris or Nyang or anybody else to like take 10 threes in a single game and hit like five or six of them. Harden hit six of them. He was six for nine today. Um, Nyang was three for six. Maxi was two for six. Uh, Tucker and Harris had one each. They, com they were combined one for nine. Like that, those were all their threes today. They only had 13 threes. Um, I don't know. It's, it's frustrating to watch them because if they were hitting those shots, these games are nowhere near as close as they have been. I haven't watched the, the fourth quarter yet, but I have a feeling that they were just missing a lot of open threes. And that was the reason why Boston was able to get back into it. I could be wrong. Could have been a bunch of dumb turnovers too. But overall, they didn't have a crazy amount of turnovers. There were just seven for the team. So seems like it was missed shots. Yeah. I mean... Hey, you were able to follow it somewhat in real time, and so you got to sort yeah, of yeah, somewhat. <laughs> feel all that playoff uh, intensity now that you're back yeah. here. I know I just went on a 20-minute tangent about the Sixers. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so to finalize, to, to just quickly finish or put a cap on the, uh, a bow on this, uh, the, the journey home, we uh, we had a rental car because it was just gonna be it was it made more it makes more sense to rent the car and drive it home and then return the car at a local um, Hertz and uh, and the same deal when it, when we when we left it's just cheaper to do that rather than parking for like what the two and a half weeks that we were out there at the at the airport so um, yeah we got the rental car uh, drove home like picked up some food on the way home and then uh, did like a little bit of, like cleaning just like changing the bed sheets and stuff like that Lena. Um, like mopped up the floor in the kitchen. I vacuumed Gordon's bedroom. Gave him you a bath. Change the sheets when you get home. <clears throat> well, we had we his sheets weren't made. His sheet like his bed wasn't made. Um, so we made his bed. Uh, 
things are just like sitting around getting dusty and whatnot. So that's all. Okay. Um, not every time, I should say. Like last time we traveled, I'm confident that we didn't change our sheets, for instance, when we got home. So um, it's just, you know, depends. But that was the case this time. And uh, yeah, he was fighting to sleep. He really didn't want to go to bed. But once he laid down, he, he fell asleep pretty quick. So that's been it. I, I, I did not sleep at all. So I've been up since six like at 6 30 a.m in in england and at this point it is uh 4 a.m 4 a.m in england so i've uh i've been up for almost 24 hours now hey you know you, you play your cards right you'll be able to hit the 24-hour mark yeah yeah probably are you going to work tomorrow no i'm not going to I'll, i will be working but i'm gonna be working yeah i'm sorry tomorrow. will you be working yeah, tomorrow yeah. yeah yeah i will be working tomorrow gotcha yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, we get to break that jet lag. Like, I'm hoping that Gordon breaks the jet lag a little bit easier than than he did last year. Last year, when we went, it took him like a month or two, honestly, to 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 break out of it. So, here's to hoping that it's better this time. Here's to hoping, man. I uh, yeah. I've been having a lot of issues with uh, with sleep, and so what mm-hmm. I've been doing is actually like, if I'm up at like any time after four forty five. I essentially uh, just get up and I start, and I like go like go for a run or, or something, uh, wow. as opposed to trying to like sneak in like another like hour or so because I just find that if at that point like you know it immediately it seems like the right thing to do, but like to try and get a little bit more sleep and I find out that like I'll wake up even groggier than had I just woken up. Uh, yeah. And so that's that's the the thing that I've been trying to do this past week of just attacking the day, uh, even if it does seem like I'm I'm up way before the rest of the world is. Um, I see. Yeah. yeah, I can tell you that uh, while you were in transit, I had my uh, I had a race um, today, uh, just a five k, uh, part of the uh, couple of races that I run every year to earn a guaranteed spot in the New York City Marathon every year. Um, yesterday, we went to Long Island to celebrate uh, Carolyn's dad's birthday. And by the time we like got home, uh, and you know, I didn't have a good night's sleep at all. I only had, apparently, I only had about three hours of sleep. Uh, I, there was like, a mosquito in the room. Jeez. Yeah. You know, like when uh, you hear that no. buzzing. It's, it's... Yeah. That that it's uh, Brazil. It's Brazil all over again. In your mosquito, uh, there was a mosquito in your mosquito net. <laughs> oh my god, awful! But uh, yeah. there was that, so I kept I kept feeling like I could hear buzzing, um, and then so I only got about according to my whoop band, I only have three hours of uh, three hours and forty six minutes of sleep today, uh, and Carolyn was dealing with a migraine last night. So I didn't want to really bother her. So I slept on the couch because I was like not ready to go to bed yet. By the time I got back, I had dropped off the car. I was really sweaty. So I was like, let me shower and I relax for a little bit before I go to bed. Um, and then in the morning, I was uh, I checked in on her and she said she was fine. But she wasn't interested in going to Jersey City to run, uh, to run this race at 9 a.m. It was going to take about like 90 minutes to get over there. Because at the time of day, uh, the trains, the subway wasn't running, like, super frequently. And then yeah. uh, on top of that, uh, the PATH train that connects New York City to Jersey City uh, wasn't running, uh, like, you know, super uh, consistently. And so I decided to go on my own. And so I just put my headphones in, um, slowly made my way to the race. And then I just sort of thought about it because I've been running a little bit more frequently uh, every day this past week. Uh, And I thought to myself, all right, well, it's only a 5K and the weather's pretty good. So, you know, on on Friday, I tried going for a run. And in that run, I tried to press on the gas a little bit. And I just didn't feel like I had it. And so I was like, all right, let me, let me ease off. There's no sense in getting hurt now. Right. Um, but today I was like, all right, well, let's try pressing again. Maybe, you know, the, uh, the race environment and everyone running and it being a completely new track 
and, and route so I can't like just completely zone out. It'll feel a little bit more exciting. And uh, the, the, the main goal was to try and move up in corral. Now, the way the corral works is you're, you're basically put into different sections, sort of like, you know, starting from double A for the fastest all the way to like L or M or N, whatever the final number is. And it's all based on your yeah. 10K time. Uh, and oh, is it really? Yeah, it's, it's based on your 10K time. And there's, a, uh, there's an established formula to multiply your, like whatever time you run to get to a 10K uh, pace. And then that's where you are placed in the corral. Now, I used to be in uh, C Corral or Corral C, uh, pretty high. Uh, not like, you know, like the, the, the super fast people. I think once you get to B and above, that's where things start to get a little bit more serious. Uh, certainly when you get to A and double A, uh, those are yeah. like the dudes who like run in shorts all year round and all that stuff. Um, <laughs> right, you know right. those people, right? Uh, yeah. And so I got to C before the pandemic kicked on. Uh, now after the pandemic, I hadn't been running any like sanctioned races and right. historically you don't move back in corral. Like once you earn whatever corral you get, that's, you get to keep uh, it. Oh. Okay. However, if your account is inactive, then you sort of lose whatever progress you had. And so I had essentially been kicked all the way back to like a much slower corral so when carolyn picked up our bibs i'm back in corral g and so you know pride gets hit a little bit but i'm also a little bit heavier than i was three years ago you know i've got a few more uh-huh. miles on my legs than than i did three years ago and and so you know my fitness isn't nearly what it was and so today you know on the run i go all right well if i can just press a little bit and i've got a few more races this year uh, I've got, I think I got seven more races, not including the New York City Marathon. I said, I, th- I said to myself, all right, well, maybe I'll, maybe I'll have a, a decent shot at uh, at moving up in a corral. Now, exactly what that final uh, corral will be is still unclear. I like to get to corral D, uh, as in Delta, but if I can get to C, you know, that could always be a nice little stretch goal. Uh, yeah, so I just started sure. running. Uh, and it was just me. I was listening to one of the uh, Rewatchables podcasts. I think I was listening to Iron Man with Van Lathan. And, uh, uh, yeah, I started listening to it, but I haven't finished yeah, it Yeah, so it's just, you know, it's fun. It's not serious. You know, I didn't have any yeah. music I was really thinking about listening to. Um, and and so I was just like, you know, listening to it, you know, uh, just moving a little bit faster. Could definitely feel my heartbeat and heart rate was a little bit on the higher side. But I said, you know what, just keep the breathing as controlled as you can uh, and try to overtake as many people as you can, you know, realistically, not trying to gas out and and go too hard uh, from the jump, but really just trying to, you know, slowly but surely pass some folks. And, uh, you know, as I'm I'm running, you know, I'm I'm feeling pretty good Uh, and, you know, I was was pretty excited to – to not feel like I was completely out of it. Uh, and because it was only a 5K, like it, the, the miles sort of, uh, you, you run up on the miles pretty quickly, right? And so yeah. at the end, I was like, all right, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, give in to the whole like, oh, I'm feeling tired. Maybe I'll slow down. It's like, no, let's, let's see if I have it in me to mentally push today. Uh, and so I, I started to feel it because it was sort of an out and back trail. Uh, but you know, I started to just say to myself, you know what? Yeah. Your legs are burning. Get used to this. Get, you know, get used to feeling, getting, you know, there's a whole saying about like getting comfortable with feeling uncomfortable. And so Mm -hmm. I kept saying like, you know, you keep talking about wanting to get more comfortable with being uncomfortable. And this is a great opportunity for you to do that. So, you know, just, uh, just sort of bear down. And uh, I was running, pumping my arms as, you know, we, I saw mile two. I was like, all right, well, it's only a mile and 1.1 miles. I've run this a million times. Well, it's, you know, it's only 5K. The only thing that in the back of my head was like, well, you're, only slow, you're also doing this on three hours of sleep. 
Uh, and so yeah, I'm just, yeah. you know, pumping my arms, I'm running, I'm running, and then I I, uh, I saw that I had run basically a 5K at a sub-eight minute, which is good. Uh, certainly much faster than I had been running. I've been running in, like, the high eights, low nines. And so I was like, yeah. you know, you did a quick calculation, and I think I'm up to E Corral. Uh, e oh, Corral, nice. the D Corral cutoff was, like, 8.06, and I think I calculated my 5K and it ends up being 8.11. So I was like, all right, not that bad. Uh, okay. And I've got a few more opportunities moving forward to, to try and, uh, you know, do a little bit uh, do a little bit better. But that was uh, that was the race. And, and so I, I'm feeling exhausted. I actually took a nap today when I got back because I was like, yeah, there's just like no, I, You know, like that feeling when you have a, a, an especially hard workout. And you're like, oh, I, I definitely squeezed everything out of me today. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, one hundred percent. Right, and so that's certainly how I feel right now. Um, but uh, I did want to bring up one more thing, which was we have been uh, doing this thing called uh, the we we joined the buy nothing group. Do you know the concept of what a buy nothing group is? I don't think I do actually. So it's literally a group where the goal is for you to have to spend zero dollars on things by sharing and trading and gifting things. So like okay. if Carolyn and I have a shoe rack, for example, and we don't need that shoe rack anymore, instead of throwing it away in the trash, we list it on the group, on the Facebook group, and it's like, hey, you know, we are on this cross section or, you know, at this intersection or whatever. If you're interested, uh, respond, and then I'll pick someone, and then we'll try to set up a time for you to pick stuff up. Okay. Uh, now, there's 18,000 people in my neighborhood's Buy Nothing group. Uh, it's from 72nd Street on the east side all the way up to 96th Street, and then from like Central Park east all the way to like uh, York. And so it, it's a pretty sizable number of zip codes. I think it's like five zip codes. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of drama in the group of like people should leave the group. If they if they move, if you live in a different neighborhood in New York, you shouldn't be joining this. But people want to be in this by nothing because the Upper East Side tends to have like, you know, people who give away really nice things. And so, you know, there's a whole, all this drama of, like, there's a lot of people who take our things and resell them, and, and they shouldn't be allowed to do that. And I'm like, well, Oof. once you give yeah. up the thing, yeah. you don't really have it's any like, say about where it goes. I understand um, that, though. I get it. Right, right. It's like, well, then you should have yeah. sold it yourself. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the frustrating thing for me has been that, you know, once we got our closets done, uh, I've been really trying to get uh, get rid of a ton of things that used to be in our old closet, uh, and so I've been trying to you know work with other people to to give them the things that we have. You know, if 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 we can find a new home, I'm certainly not opposed to that as a concept. Uh, the yeah. frustrating thing though is like people don't. In my opinion, this is my humble opinion, but I feel like people forget that if you're looking to take something from someone else that they are doing you a favor and that you should be more flexible to try and pick the thing up uh, when it's like when the, uh, the person is reaching out to you to say, hey, you know, you won the raffle uh, to get selected to, to, you know, to receive this item or so on and so forth. And what end up happening is a lot of people will see like something, you know, a lot of times I'll post something, right? And then people will say like, oh, interested. It's like, all right, well, if you're interested, I want to reach out to you to say, hey, listen, I'm trying to get rid of this. Uh, right. Are you available to pick it up today? And they're like, oh, I'm actually traveling for the next three weeks, so I'm not going to be able to take it. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like, oh, so you're so you're wasting my time is what you're doing. Cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A, lot of, a lot of other times people will, will just say, oh, I'm really interested. And then you'll reach out and they just like won't respond. So it's like, oh, so you're going to ghost me on this? Or, you know, I've been trying to give away a floating shelf uh, and I was going to – this woman was like on her way to like literally left her house. And then she texted me when she was like 10 minutes away. She goes, Oh, I actually showed this to my husband. And he said that because we have concrete walls, we can't even, we can't even use this. I'm sorry. I go, so you're wasting my time. You know, um, yeah. this woman today, uh, I've been trying to give away a shoe rack 
and she was overly communicative, which is nice. Uh, she kept talking to me all week about how, you know, we were trying to essentially schedule a time that worked for the two of us. Even yesterday when I was on Long Island, she was like, hey, can you send me another photo that she read just so I can confirm that I still want it? I go, yeah, here it is. Uh, only for her to... When she said that, oh, you know, I'm going to be in the neighborhood. I'm taking a gym class. Is it all right if I stop by afterward? The gym class, she said, was going to happen at 4.15. And then she was going to come by afterward. I go, yeah, that totally is fine. You can you can do that. Um, however, when it was 7 o'clock, dude, and she still hadn't shown up, I reached out and I go, hey, are you still planning wow. on stopping by? And she goes, oh, I'm sorry. I thought I sent you a, a oh message. I actually don't want it anymore. Please give it to someone else. And I was like, you, are you kidding me? Wow. Like, it just feels like people are too cavalier about mm-hmm. wasting people's time. It's like, no, I'm not a business. I'm doing this out of the, you know, at the goodness of my heart. You want the thing that I have. And so shouldn't you be the one that's like being more flexible and, and showing up when it's, your turn to like pick the thing up you know what i mean as opposed to being yeah. like oh not only do i have to uh have the thing and be willing to connect with you on it but now i also have to be the one that like essentially can't go anywhere because i have to schedule pickup for whenever you decide to stop by and it's like my time is worth so much more than whatever kindness at this point uh i was gonna try and and, and give Purely because people forget, and this is obviously my perspective, but it's like, you know, like I said, if if you want something, shouldn't you be like, oh, you know what, let me work on the schedule of the person who has it and, and yeah. not be like, oh, well, you know, I don't want it anymore. Give, good luck. It's like that's – it just feels yeah, like man. really disingenuous and frankly like a, a terrible uh, and uh, disrespectful thing. Yeah, no, it definitely is. It's really frustrating. Um, it – to me like this wouldn't be a thing if you could rate people right like if you can if if people had to worry about their ranking or their rating and because like why would you ever get selected for anything if you have a two-star rating and you have a two-star rating for like backing out of deals last minute or like changing your mind at the last second or showing up three hours late right like that's just that's obnoxious dude that's super obnoxious yeah, so that's been really, really frustrating to have to deal with with people like this. Um, but at this point, I'm like, I would rather just toss everything, you know? Like, I'm just going to put it on the curve. Yeah. And if yeah. you, you – if the luck of the draw, if you come by and you see it, go for it. But it's also just like my, my time is so much more valuable than like uh, communicating and trying to coordinate – with like strangers on uh, on Facebook that want my stuff. It's like, and it seems yeah. to be a lot of like uh, like college age or like very 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 young professional folks. And it's just like I'm not. I just feel like if you were older, you would understand the value of other people's time because you would value your time a little bit differently. And the mm-hmm. fact that you're not valuing my time is just like then I'm, I'm fine. Uh, good, good luck to you. Uh, I hope you can find this, and if not, it's not my it's not my problem. Yeah. So that that's yeah. my rant. That, that's that's the big rant of the day, really. Uh, man, I, I hear that. Yeah, we we've given some stuff away um, on like so we've done it through Nextdoor more often than not. Um, we've done it through Facebook Marketplace a bit too, but I've started to realize that Facebook well. I, the last time we tried to use Facebook Marketplace, we would often use it for actually selling stuff. And the last time we tried to use it, we started getting hit with a lot of spam. It was oh, really, really weird. We never encountered this before, but I would, we posted something and you would get a bite really quickly. I was like, oh, this is interesting. Like someone's interested in this random item that we weren't even sure we were going to get anybody to try to buy. And the person's like, oh, I can pick this up tomorrow. Uh, what's your address? And it's like, well, you know, I like first of all we, we we never we we always do like a uh you know a a separate like area point. Right? I, I never i never tell anybody to come to, to come to our house to pick stuff oh, up absolutely not. i'll always i'm always like meeting up at the mall or 
meeting up at this parking lot somewhere, right? Um, I'm not gonna ha- I'm not gonna tell you where I live. Um, Absolutely not. And so, yeah, and so, it, but like that was it was just one of like ten, right? That happened a lot. If I did not next door, I wasn't getting hit with that. And, and next door, generally, you're getting you, you know the people who live, um, you know near near you. Uh, their neighbors, but I would be lying to you if I didn't say that Lena didn't experience that. Um, not actually, not long after we moved here, when we were trying to get rid of a bunch of boxes uh, from the move, that like you could have the moving company come pick up the boxes, but people also want boxes, and so Lena put some boxes on to see if people would want to pick them up while we were waiting for the moving company to come pick them up, just to get rid of some of the excess excess boxes and help a neighbor out. And there were people like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna come by," and like they just wouldn't show up. Or yep. You know, just same thing. Like, it's weird when it comes to free stuff, I think. Uh, free stuff that people maybe don't, are, are, are likely, I don't want to say likely not to need, but don't really, really need. Um, yeah, I think the, yeah. the concept of it being free just means that people are a little bit more cavalier with, like, moving out of the deal, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah but also, to like, your point, if you like could it. rate people, I mean, I would love to do that. To be able to rate people, but I also understand that if uh, what's it called? If there's no um, if there's no mods or something, then like that's mm-hmm. a that's a Herculean effort to like have to rate eighteen thousand yes. people. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, anyways, that's really it. Uh, I'm just really frustrated with like all this. I'm just like. Every once in a while, I'll get in this phase of like, oh, we should, we should be like good citizens and give our stuff away because, you know, there's like this there's like this really big uh, debate in the group of like, should people be allowed to stay in the group if they don't gift stuff themselves? And it's like, that's not how the life yeah. works. Like, just because you don't have something to give doesn't mean that like you shouldn't be allowed to be in this group. And people are also like, hey, not everyone's in the same financial situation where they, they you know. Sometimes people just, you know, need to lean on others. And, you know, there's been a couple of fires in the neighborhood and people have been able to get a lot of stuff through this, which is always really nice. Uh, But it just seems like the hit or miss uh, on whether or not you get someone who is really uh, just on it and respectful and is, you know, able and easily to coordinate with you seems really few and far between. I had... I was giving away a couple of these metal bins and it worked beautifully. They showed up on time and it worked like a charm. And then for whatever reason, we I was just never able to uh, experience that level of success again. It became people just like, oh... You know, I, I said one thing about, you know, the uh, the shoe rack. Another person was like, oh, I want, I'm really interested in these floating shelves. Well, you know, uh, besides the one woman who was like, you know, we have concrete walls. We can't, uh, we can't uh, actually use this. Another person was like, yeah. oh, I really want this. And then when I reached out, just ghosted. Or, yeah. you know, just like, everyone's like, oh, I really want it, but I'm not going to be around. And it's like, so what are we talking about here? Like, how is this? Like, how did you think this was going to happen? You know what I mean? I'm not yeah. just going to hold it for you until you get back. That's yeah, not, no, no. It's not, that's that's not, not how, this, how works. this works. No. I mean, it's the same, literally the same thing, even if you were selling it, right? Like, I'm not, I I have no obligation to sell this to you, to give this to, give this to you. There's no holds you've inconvenienced me at this point, right? Because at this point, I've stopped allowing other people to be involved in this whole potential transaction. Right. And by you deciding last minute, like without, like if you don't have a good reason, now I have to like start over. It's it's annoying. It's frustrating. Especially yep. if it takes a while to like, it, like, you know, that amount of effort to get there. And now you might be a little bit nervous or scared. Like, is this going to happen with the next person that I pick? Yeah, I mean, it's gotten to the point, like I said, where I'm just like, you know what, screw this group. I am kind of done with it. Like, it's just so much easier for me to, like, take the stuff into the basement and just toss it. You know, if I had done that, all the stuff would have been out of the apartment by now. But, you know, because of me trying to give stuff away, it's still cluttering my apartment unnecessarily. And so that's just one of those things where it's like, you know, no good deed. Um, 
But she's like, I just don't understand how people can see that or, or feel as though this is like the right way to behave in a group where you're looking to rely on the the donations and charity of other people that you're like, oh, well, now you have to work around my schedules. Like, I understand that not everyone's always available, but like you also should know when you're available if you're going to be giving other people your availability. Yeah. That just seems like common sense. But I guess, you know, we can't assume anything these days. Yeah, can't assume. Cannot assume indeed. Anyways, you know, you're, you're running on no sleep. I'm running on no sleep. We should both probably get out of here. Yeah, <laughs> let's get out of here. All right. Well, I'm Reza. I'm Sandy. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see everyone next week. Thank you.